This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I am your host, Ryan Key. And I'm your host, no longer Happy Gambarian. I'm back to being Poopy Gambarian. <laughs> hey, everyone. What's up, Poopy? I'm Nick. Barian Gan, the dark. Life's back to being too much. Yeah. I don't got that Star Cruiser buzz to, to get me through the week anymore. The world is weird. Yep. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Not a cool planet to come back to. They're, they're, writing it, they're writing the new season of Earth out on the fly, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> See if they would have had a plan for this yeah. part of the Earth trilogy, or the Earth saga. All right, I don't even know what to say. I hate it here. I got involved in so much toxicity on social media today. I'm just, I'm worn out. Why do you do that to yourself? I just can't not, because I have to spend a lot of time on the thing to, because I'm just. I'm the f- thing you want to start with today? No input from me, because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. You're better off, dude. Yeah, I know. I stay off that shit as much as I can now. I, but I, I have to go out there and fish for memes and find the good stuff and yeah. whatever. Connect You're fighting with- the good fight, and I'm just straight chilling. Yeah, all the good fights kick my ass. Anyway, uh, Positive Town, here we go. We're on the road. Austin Romero is back. What's up, bud? What's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome back. I will say that I painstakingly went through and liked every one of your tweets. <laughs> Good. Thank you. I was like, dude, yeah. uh, I'm going to peek out my window and see if this dude's out there looking at me right now. <laughs> a lot of liking. <laughs> Adam, the last time we saw Austin, uh, we were in a wheelchair speeding across a parking lot that <laughs> crashed into a curb. You stayed in the chair. I was not so lucky. I, don't, I have no recollection of that. I was not so lucky. And I've had a basketball on my shin for a week, a full week, so and, and a half, a week and a half. Apparently now. the force carried over with me when I left the ship on my first day back on Earth. Yeah. And I was able to force push you yes. really far. The dark side of the force. It was really yeah. far. Well, I didn't say which side, you know. And I don't really remember it. This is a- Force is strong in me. Yeah. This is a PG-13 moment. I don't really remember it. Because nor do I. We we traveled around the world in eight hours and had a cocktail in each country on the whole planet, the Epcot planet. So I don't really remember it, but I I imagine that we weren't like whoa while it was going. I bet we were just chilling, like, hey, bud, I'm sitting in your lap. Cool, we're going for a ride. <laughs> you were straight chilling. Pretty sure I said something like, oh, we're still going, man. And then, <laughs> dude, yeah, full yeah. jackass. Austin in the video. Austin Austin's fiance is in the back going like, they're gonna go. The water. There's literally a video of it just going and me stopping going. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> just kept going. I did see a video. Then it got further and further away. I did see a video of it and it was very long. Oh, yeah. Yes. We were <laughs> like the actual you guys. <laughs> it went like, forever. Any day now they're going to hit something, right? Yeah, we were Uh-oh. on the ride for a long time. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, didn't realize how strong I was there. <laughs> this was, it was so much. I sent as a joke all those pictures from the hangover, you know? Yeah. That it happened in the credits. Yeah. But yeah. that's exactly what it was like. Everything you sent to me, I was like, also accurate. Oh, that happened? Yeah, dude. Oh, that happened? <laughs> no memory. So fun, though. Yeah, the next day going back through all that stuff, I was like, send, send, <laughs> yeah. send. 
Don't remember that. Sinned. Meanwhile, I was just so deep, like 60 floors below the surface, deep into my hangover guilt. And (laughs) oh God, I'm an idiot. I'm a garbage person. It was a nice little bookend on the trip though. It was fun. Yeah, it was great. Everything after that has been downhill. (laughs) Well, I won't be doing that's that's a once a year activity to get to that the point of no recollection. That ain't that's not happening again for the rest of this year. So we have to go back to the Star Cruiser then, right? Mm. Hey. Hey, that's why we're here. Speaking of so uh, Mike Forster's here also. You might as well say hi. You're going to chime in at some point. Hello, my friends. There you go. Tell <laughs> us your story, yes. Mike. Tell us your story. I'm, I'm merely a vessel for just channeling the sadness that I also <laughs> experience <laughs> as we're now almost two weeks removed. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to listen to what you guys have to say because I probably feel it too. <laughs> I want to go back. We have to go back. Well, um, as a lot of you may know, Austin was on the trip with us. Roomies. Yep. Austin, William Ryan Key. Bunkmates. Barry and Gan, a.k.a. Nick Gambarian and me, <laughs> uh, right next door to Mike Forrester and, and all the other folks. So Boopy. we were together in the same room, but we had different paths on the Star Cruiser, which we'll talk about once we get into spoilers. So that's going to be kind of the point of this, to talk about the different types of journeys you can have on the Star Cruiser journey. And we're going to get heavy into spoilers, but we'll ease into it and let you know as it's coming. So. Let's talk. Actually, let's before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the backlash we've been seeing this week with all the hate for the Star Cruiser, all the undeserved hate from a bunch of folks who haven't been on the damn thing and just like to hit retweet on bullshit. I haven't seen it, so tell me. Tell tell me all about it. Tweets like um and YouTube clips and everything else about Star Cruiser dead on arrival. You know, Disney fails again. You know, all this crap about yeah, it. Just like Galaxy's Edge. They had all the same articles for Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Basically just says like uh, struggling to fill rooms, not 100%, you know, drowning. It's not, you know, how's it going to survive? I, I'm trying to think if that was the vibe while we were there or not. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't. no. no. Zero people with that vibe. Definitely not. I think I've only seen one person who actually took the trip who's had any negative things to say at all. One person. I read a review that ha- that covered like these are my gripes, but mm-hmm. kind of you know that was kind of the the vibe. X Y Z could have been better, but it was amazing. You know, so I I haven't seen anyone just trashing it, especially not anyone that's been on it. Yeah, I want to say it was the New York Post or something like that. That it didn't say it wasn't like trashing it, but it was like, hey, you spent this much money and you're gonna have to pay for drinks, and if you want to sit at the captain's table, you're gonna have to pay more. Like kind of common sense things like yeah, right things that you're not going to be mad about like when you're sitting at a bar and you're having a great time playing sabak like i wasn't mad that i was spending money for themed drinks i wasn't thinking about that the entire time you kind of go on thinking that so it's just interesting and, the gripes that some of the people well, have and we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of episodes covering the experience that we you know we're aware that it's unfortunately it is not attainable for everyone but this kind of experience, it just, it, it can't be, I mean, right. it's a bummer and it wouldn't have been attainable for us, any of us, if we hadn't split it and gone together. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't have just been like, yeah, I'm just going to get a room and you know, Laura and I are going to go to, to Star Cruiser. Like yeah. that's not an option. So for even, for, you know, for me, so, um, I think you have to understand and acknowledge what a bummer it is that everyone can't go on it. But you also have to like understand and acknowledge that vacation experiences can be crazy expensive. And this is this is no different than, you know, all these people who are like, I could afford to fly to Italy and do a yeah. tour of this and blah. And it's like, yeah, you could. And it would, yeah. that would also be expensive as, as shit, you know. And, and do like, that if that's what you'd rather do. Exactly. Yeah. It, but it's it's in my mind, it's, just, it's comparable. It's, it's an expensive vacation to go on. And it's yes, it's only two days. But I, I've said this time and again as we recorded this 
find if you split it with friends, which is definitely the best way to do it. Very hard for me to give advice to like parents, you know, who maybe like one of the the parents in the family is the sole breadwinner that has to pay for the whole thing. That is really tough to get your head around and say like it's okay because it's really expensive. Like I understand that, but if you're able to do it the way we did it and split it up, find me someone who can go. It's really you know you're there for for three days, three or four days, getting in the night before getting on the star cruiser, unless you live in Orlando, getting on the star cruiser and then maybe, you know, staying the last night after you get there or after you get off, excuse me, and, and leaving, find me anyone who doesn't spend $1,500 in three or four days at at Disney world with a a hotel and food and drinks and all the other stuff. For Disney world for four days, you're spending, if not that, if not more with food and everything else, like thousands of dollars. Yeah, it is. And that, that's all, you know, I read an, I I read another article, um, I think last week that really actually went in and it was very, very legitimate, you know, Washington post or New York times article, something like that, talking about how Disney is becoming unattainable. And, you know, that's a whole nother thing to talk about, but it is really unfortunate. And to, to give you an example, in the article, it cited, you know, the hotel that we stayed in, um, the Art of Animation. All-Star. No, All-Star, All-Star Music. Yeah, before right. and after, yeah. Kicking Boots. That was <laughs> the one. They, they, I remembered it was the the hotel we stayed in. So the All-Star Resort in 2014, you know, they, Disney has their sort of good, better, best tier mm-hmm. system with all of their experiences. And that's, the, this hotel is definitely the good. It's it's the most budget-friendly. It has, the rooms have space with the Murphy bed that comes down. And, and so you can, you know, the whole family can sleep in the room and whatever. So it's supposed to be the affordable version. Well, in 2014, that room was like $98, I think. I paid 173 for it. That's a 77% increase in six years. And Mm. the point being that Disney cannot argue away inflation on that. It's like three times the rate of inflation to go up that much in six years. So there's definitely a disconnect. There's something going on and I don't know how they're going to fix it because the article basically ended with Disney could keep raising their prices five to 10% a year every year and it'll still be Disney. But- you can't have that happen and not have Disney World and, and Disneyland become exclusively, you know, Star Cruiser level attainable for everyone. Yeah. And and that's like Walt's nightmare. I mean, he yeah. if it gets to a point where only the most bougie, wealthy people in the world can go to Disney World, that he's turning in his grave. I mean, it's just it's supposed to be accessible. So I, I don't know how they're going to fix it, but I, but I think the two can be looked at separately. Like I think the yeah. inflation in, in the resort and the hotels and ticket prices and stuff, which is one issue is separate from the cost of the star cruiser where we all know we went, it was a life altering experience that is from a cost standpoint, splitting it between the four or five, however you're going to do it, you know, split a cabin on a cruise, split it. What It's cost the same. It's, it's like, yeah. And that is worth it to us subjectively is what it comes down to. Yes, exactly. I don't feel like I overpaid one cent for it. And it's because I love Star Wars and I wanted the experience. And we said this last week, if you don't love Star Wars the way we do, don't go. Yeah. It's not for you. Yeah. Uh, Two things just to get some response to what you guys said. So I definitely had one little Twitter thing. I sent it to you guys in a text message where someone was like, I could literally buy Padme's dress and go to Italy and recreate this attack of the clone scene for $6,000. And it had like 300 likes or something like that. I responded in a, here's an informed response. It's not $6,000. If you split it with people, yes, it's still expensive, but it's not $6,000 per person per night. It's like right. the it's like the Job from Arrested Development with his suit. Like, oh, the $2,500 suit. And then the next time he says it, it's like, oh, the $4,000 suit. Like the dollar amount <laughs> keeps going up to these people because yeah, they don't yeah. know what they're talking about. So soon it's going to be an $8,000 a night, you know, yeah. like expense to some of these people who don't know what they're talking about. And my, my response, which was obviously well-informed, got like one like, you know, I'm like, this is the problem with the internet. 
Yeah, that's the world we live in. <laughs> I would say too, uh, think about the idea that the world we live in now and exactly with what you're talking about, Nick, with you know the instant gratification that comes with the internet. It was, it was my understanding when I was raised that you had to like save money for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had, to, you had to save up to be able to go do cool stuff, you know? And this is just like, meh, I can't go. Cause it's, and it's like, well, yeah, you can if you save up and want to go. Like it's it's a vacation. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is like, mm-hmm. what? You should just be able to go all the time? Is that I I don't understand. Yeah. After 2020, I mean, everything kind of changed as far as the 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 theme parks and like when people were coming and when they weren't coming. So they're like, well, let's jack it up because we don't know when everybody's going to come. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody skipped their vacation. So now people are taking vacations all year long. So it's just kind of changed the dynamic of that. But like even going back to what I was saying about the gripe of that uh, one article about drinks or like the captain's table, you can still go and pay for the ship and do all those things and not have to go have drinks or not yeah. have to <laughs> sit at the captain's table or not do any of the extras, the $90 photo package even though it's amazing but you don't have to do that it's not like you have to go on there i mean like oh they're forcing me to do this like you can still go have that experience and it doesn't change anything you know and there's just experience enhancers like yeah i feel like everybody's like well if i don't have it all in then it's i'm not doing it (laughs) right i think you got to say that you know i don't want us to sound or myself to sound whatever I, i i don't want us to sound entitled you know like we can afford to go and we're just sitting here talking about how easy it is right like i want to put it across that like it it is expensive and i acknowledge that i think we all acknowledge that yeah and i was terrified to look at my credit card statement to be honest (laughs) but if you but if you like if you have that that passion that we have i think what we're trying to say is that it like breaks our heart if you can't if if it's not going to work for you because it's expensive but we also want to say like work really hard to save your money and be able to go because as expensive as it is, agree with it or not, we agree that it was one of the most incredible experiences of our entire lives. And so it's hard not to cheer for it and get called a shill or whatever we're, you know, the backlash yeah. we get for for supporting it. But it's hard not to support something that we all collectively loved as much as we loved it, despite the price. Like, I just yeah. don't want it to come across like we can just go because it's right, not right. that. I would love to go again, but no, that's not an option for me. I wish, and uh, I wish I had the all of that money back. That's how you know, like it's not like I not in a like refund sense, but like I needed that money. You know, yeah. like I wish it was in my account still. But yeah. at the end of the day, it was worth every penny. And yeah. what did we all do when we left? We're like, when could we go back? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like we're willing yeah. to do it again. So just the price that you you value experiences. Mm-hmm. over anything so you know you're gonna you're you're having these core memories basically that you're always gonna look back on and it's always gonna be a part of you yeah. so in that aspect it's a hundred percent worth it i mean it's a lot of money yes were we fortunate enough to split it between everybody yes and we were in a position where we could do that um and like i was super thankful to be there but like when you look at the experience like as a whole i haven't once gone back and like man it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have that money than absolutely yeah. not. I've never thought yeah. that since I left. I've just been like, man, how can we get back there? How can we exactly. do that again? Yeah. How how can I do that again? <sighs> I'm going to read one thing and then let's get into talking about how amazing it is. So uh, I responded to a tweet about uh, somebody quote tweeted the Screen Rant article, which which has since been discredited. I, I guess we mentioned that earlier um, about Disney struggling to fill rooms, right? And I said I experienced it firsthand. And it was literally the most fun I've ever had in my life. Everyone in our group felt the same way. We immediately started talking about how and when to go back. Galactic Star Cruiser is Disney Imagineering at its best. This dude responded, and I stayed at a five-star hotel for five days for 1500 
5,000 to 6,000 for two days, exclamation mark, question mark. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and I said, did that five-star hotel include a three-day immersive theater live-action role-playing experience and Galaxy's Edge access with first-priority walk-on boarding? Did it create new friendships through a shared emotional experience and make you feel like you could be your most authentic self? He, of course, didn't answer that. He said it was 10 times better. <laughs> Rock climbing, paddling, two huge swimming pools, two king-sized beds, eighth floor with a beautiful view. I'm very happy with what I paid for. So am I. Yeah, and I said... <laughs> to each their own. I said 10 times for you, maybe. I'm also very happy with what I paid for, and I would go again in a second. But it seems like you aren't the Star Cruiser's target demographic, so maybe just let others enjoy it and leave the negativity out of the conversation. No response. I followed along with that earlier. Just <laughs> Yeah, just leave it out. Just let people enjoy things. There it is. It's not what the internet's for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the internet, it's so we can all, as a global community contribute to the fall of our global community. That's what it's for. 100%. We want to just destroy ourselves together. Yep. Anyway. I'm psyched. Let's go kill some birds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck a quail is. All right. So like I said before, we're going to get into spoilers and we'll tiptoe into that now. We're going to give you kind of an overview of the different paths you can take and what the experiences are in broad brushstrokes. That starts right now. When we get into the next level of spoilers, we'll tell you and you can stop or skip ahead or whatever. So we talked a little bit last week about the data pad provided and the magic band and so on and how the data pad and your interaction with that as a game basically sends you down or gives you the opportunity to go down one of four paths, maybe more depending on like how the timing works out. But you can either go down the Jedi path, the resistance path, the first order path, or a smuggler scoundrel type path. Is there an official name for that or is that just kind of the description? I want to say it was Scoundrel. Okay. Ryan and I pretty much fully did the Jedi path. Austin went straight to the dark. Didn't even try to stop himself. <laughs> Killed our concierge droid on the last day. Yes, he did. I got, I got to do the, the Resistance Bridge event as well. Was I there for that? I don't know. But yeah, Nick, we all, I think we all were, right? I, yeah, I we were know, all there. Dude, Nick, I think that was just me and you for that. The, nine, the 9.30 call to the bridge. I'm not we sure. Were, you and I were paired up, and it was, my, it, was, it was like a huge step forward in our friendship. You know, cause <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were just like taking out TIE fighters together. Yeah, but it was amazing. It was unbelievable. Oh, I was there for it that. I was there for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. That's right. I mean, you, yeah. had, you know, but I did get to it, do, we to, were still there. <laughs> yeah. To your point, though, Adam, that you, and, and I actually know from um, talking on the ship and meeting people, whatever, you, they, they have it set up so you can do two things. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, so that was my overlap as well. It's designed. Resistance. It's the, the, in that first day, you can kind of have everything on your data pad, but I feel like it comes down to Batu. what mm-hmm. the first couple things you do on Batu are the first two things you follow through with. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I, like when we all went to Batu, I feel like we all had a pretty open with the exception of the smuggling stuff. Like not, I don't feel like the three of us did that. So like none of us really had anything there, but yeah. as far as the other stuff, it's you, definitely the first Nick, two things you do there. Nick, you, you and Mike had smuggler scoundrel path, like on the first night kind of was really ramping yeah. up, right? Yeah. What was your split, Nick? Well, uh, and excuse me, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, you could cut it out if I did, but I was... On the first day in my Mando outfit in the atrium, and I watched Gaia's luggage show up and come out of the elevator, and I just was like, the story's unfolding in front of me. I'm going with this. And it wound up being Wraith and the scoundrel path. So I just mm-hmm. pretty much stuck with that. I saw some stuff on my data pad that was kind of 
a little bit more like resistance oriented with Sammy and some Jedi stuff with the Sajas. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go with the thing that almost like chose me. Like I was standing Mm -hmm. right next to this luggage and Wraith popped up out of nowhere saying he was Gaia's manager and all this stuff. And I was like, uh, I'm just going to take this as my sign to go in, in, in this direction. We snuck you into the, to the Jedi experience though, didn't we? For sure. Yeah, you got you yeah. got see that's what I'm saying. Our <laughs> Nick and Battledroid and I, our friendship leveled up huge on this trip because <laughs> we got paired up on the bridge and he he sat next to me for the Jedi moment, which we're not gonna spoil at any point in this no, episode. No, but I did grab your leg when it happened when that yes. happened. And like, I was like, Oh my god. I was next to you on the left. Yeah. We were one with the force. Yes. So we've mentioned a few things here. We've dropped some names that we should clarify and explain who these people are. Someone said the name Saja which is a title more than a person's name. Mm-hmm. It's like sensei or teacher. So there are four sajas and everyone in the atrium, the big sort of main hall of the ship gets grouped with a saja like the first evening, right? After dinner, before dinner? Uh, yes. Yes, your battle stations sort of, or like your- Yeah, your, the like big celebration, the embarkment celebration. What do they call it? What are, Muster. Your muster, muster stations. stations. That's right, yeah. which is a ship. That's a thing if there's an emergency yeah. on the ship, yeah. you know? Yeah, so they each get up on like a stepladder. They're kind of in the corners of this big atrium. And there's a letter that's associated that you, everyone calls out. Ours was Besh. Were we all on, on that one with... Uh, I think so. What was her name? Um, Lynn. Lynn, yeah. Or Saja's name was Lynn. And they'd call out Besh and everyone re- would respond Besh and whatever the other three were. So you get grouped with them regardless of what path you go down. But... If you do go down the Jedi path and you do the lightsaber training and you do the the, uh, the Force experience, you're with a Saja for that experience. And then there's a character appearance, which we'll mention later. And then Wraith, the character that Nick mentioned, was one of the four or five, I guess, uh, original characters for the Star Cruiser, not including the, the canon characters. Sort of the, the principal performers. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wraith is kind of a, a scoundrel smuggler type. And he's around, I feel like he was around more than the other ones, like probably the most, right? Because yeah. he was in the, yeah. the lounge a lot. I think he was around us because he liked how <laughs> into it we were. And I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah so he, I, I think we, we sit here and say like Wraith was, was everywhere because I think he was just like, I'm hanging out with, these, with yeah. the, this crew. I'm going to hang out with this crew. Like he was in the lounge with us all the time, he, you know, lear- learning, playing Mike's <laughs> game that he brought and, you know, fake drinking cocktails with us. It was just amazing. And then, let's see, the other characters would be the captain, the captain of the ship, and the cruise director. Is that right? Uh, yes. What was her name? Yeah, it was like Captain Keevan, and then, yeah. uh, was it Linka Monk? Yep. Yeah. That. Linka, yeah. Let's see what else. The, a, lot, a lot of stuff we're talking about right now is on the poster. These characters have already been released, so this is, this is not true spoiler territory. But there's... Uh, there's a, Sammy. Sammy, yeah, an engineer who... Um, gets into some trouble on the bridge and some stuff goes down and we'll talk about that in a bit. And Sandro, who is a, a musician who at first we all thought was, I think we mentioned this last week, we just thought he was a guest who really did it next level with the costume. <laughs> like, yeah. he's got full makeup and everything. Because he didn't have any kind of alien like prosthetics. He didn't have head tails or anything like that. He just, he had the makeup and we were like, damn, sick costume. <laughs> but then he got up and realized he had a headset and he was interacting he has this storyline that goes along with Gaia, who is the headliner, the guest musician who sings at dinner and has a couple of different performances. And then on the First Order side, because there is a First Order presence, this is part of Galaxy's Edge, it's part of this trip, there is Lieutenant 
or Lieutenant. What's his rank? Lieutenant. Lieutenant Croy. Yeah, they just put an F in it across the pond. I'll never understand why. Lieutenant. <laughs> oh, so that's just how Lieutenant's spelled there. That's just how they say it. It's not even. I don't think there's an F in the word. They just say lieutenant. Like watch any World War II film with English actors and a lieutenant, and they call them lieutenant. Lieutenant aluminium. They invented the language and they speak it more wrong than anyone in the world. So (laughs) they do what they want. And then let's see who else. Who are we leaving out? Rodian. Wani. Oh yeah, the the Rodian uh, musician who is Gaia's DJ, kind of keyboard player, sort of playing these alien instruments. She's around all the time. And that's all of it aside from like canon characters, right? Yeah. Oh, and there's a droid. There, uh, there's an, like an R2, oh, SK. like an RTU style uh, astromech. SK620. So I, lo- dude, I loved uh, SK's like color scheme and mm-hmm. vibe. And also there's just an astromech droid around all the time. Just and, cruising. And you can just walk up and talk to it and it will talk back to you. I mean, it's, it's it came up to my- us at the table. And we scanned and we had a whole conversation (laughs) with SK. It was like the weirdest (laughs) thing ever. I want to say top three moment of the trip and top 20 moment of my life. SK (laughs) was rolling by me and I waved at it and it waved back. A little flap opened on its like barrel, like the front barrel of the droid. And it just went and waved at me. And I just (laughs) lost it. I could not believe that a droid waved at me. Wow. (laughs) So you have to, you have to imagine because... Reportedly, there's like like a Truman Show style bridge control center where the Imagineers who are putting on this thing can see everything with all the cameras everywhere. You didn't wave necessarily at the droid, did you? I mean, you said, what's up, SK? Or something like that, just like in your speaking voice. So there has to also be microphones on the droid and or whoever's like, are, are there people planted in the cantina following this droid? Like, I didn't notice any of that. Could be. I don't know. It's next level stuff, dude. Yeah, in the in the park, there's a person with a remote walking around with R2, but I never noticed. I mean, and, and they did really well. We've talked a little bit about how there were Imagineers on the ship while we were there because they're, you know, we're in essence playtesting the whole thing. It's, mm-hmm. even though they've done tons of playtesting, this is only the second, you know, full overnight to the public voyage. And even that was so hidden. It was so not in your face, like that people not on the voyage were watching. They, they, it's Disney. I mean, they do. The only thing they didn't do well in that regard is when you pull up to the hotel and you can see the backside of Galaxy's right. Edge. And everyone's complaining about that. And I think that's a legitimate gripe. But I would imagine there is some type of massive structure or wall or something that's supposed to be there and isn't done yeah. yet. And they just wanted, they were just, we got to go. We got to launch this thing. I'd be surprised if they didn't actually build out that side of it to look, you know, not do a wall, just make it look like the spires it's interesting it really it really is like normally they wouldn't go with something when it looks like mm-hmm. that you know that's a very i, I remember being t- very weirded out being the disney fan that yeah. i am and having gone to disney my whole life and watched you know disney documentaries on how the parks were made and on walt disney and all like i've loved that shit my whole life and so it really stuck out to me like a sore thumb i was like this is not again walt would be <laughs> fuming if yeah. he knew they opened the gates with that looking that way well that spot that you, where you drive in right there mm-hmm. to circle around to where the compound is, to where you get in to take the shuttle up, that spot used to actually be a cast member drive in. Because uh, when yeah. I used to work at studios, I used to drive that way through that. So, like, it was never, no get, unless you got lost, like, completely lost, you would never be back there. So, it was yeah. very interesting that they chose that. Because I remember when they shut that down, because uh, I was still working in the parks at the time, they shut that down and 
we had to take a different way and now it makes sense. But yeah, it is interesting that you can kind of see. I think they'll fix it, but yeah. it, it's, it's have, very uncharacteristic for them to open before it's fixed. That's all. That, that's kind of the point I'm making. It's very, very strange for Disney. It does look very temporary in terms of like the lanes that you're coming through. It's cones. It's those standard like concrete dividers that you have up during construction. None of it looks yeah. Disney yet. So yeah, I'm sure it will evolve. Let's see what else. Let's talk about the paths a little bit more. Let's talk about the Jedi experience a little bit, just because that's off the top of my head. Here I am talking. We did a bunch of resistance stuff, but I was really focused on finding Saja. We thought at the beginning, we thought Saja was a person, and then we realized Saja is a title, and we got to know our Saja, who led our lightsaber training, and something else. There was another interaction. I don't remember what it was. Either way, she and all the other, all the other Sajas have, they're so perfectly cast. I thought their vibe was so thoughtful, kind, and force-like. They spend a lot of time with the younglings as well. Yeah. I I think I noticed that the most. They were always one or, yeah, Mm -hmm. one or two of them always had the little little ones running around after them and they were teaching them things and talking to them, you know, especially, you know, the kids like, um, who was the kid in the Obi-Wan get up? What was his name? Oh, um. And he had to be kind of a a cool. Was it Osaya or was it Joshua or? No. He had a cool name. Yeah, it was like uh, Jeff not, Bro or Jeff, Jeff and you know, Jeff. He had a cool name, but either way, that kid was so in the story, you know, at all times. I mean, yeah, he, dude, the, the mall, are you talking about when he, we were sitting at the bar and he looked, yes. up, looked over at us? Yes. Was, was that just yes. me and you? Like, that was just me glass, and you, right? Kind of. Everybody was there. Uh, Adam was there too. And I think everybody was at the table and you and I were sitting kind of dr- grabbing our drinks. And yes. He, he, oh, he's well, sitting across the whole, across the, as far across the lounge as he could be with his mom. And he's in full Jedi, head to toe, big old Obi-Wan hood that comes way over, you know, almost hides his entire face when he pulls it up. But he looks over to us like we're in the cantina in A New Hope. I mean, it's yeah. st- straight up felt like it's, a, it's an eight-year-old kid or a nine-year-old kid. Yeah. But he looks over at us and he raises his glass <laughs> and he like... He he kind of squints his eyes. I mean, he is so in character. <laughs> and, and, and you know, yeah, and then he takes his hood up. After he raises his drink and says <laughs> yeah. and takes a sip of it and like kind of nods at us, he he reaches up and like in the film slowly pulls his <laughs> yes. head, hood up with two hands. And oh, dude, yes. we were blown away. Well, you know, it wasn't just it was like it was adorable. It was like, oh my, that that's that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. But at the same time, it was like that was a real ass Star Wars moment, like from a child. That's too. a little it was like whoever his yeah. character is, a little Jedi, and I, I felt like an energy, like a boost, a zap, like a, <laughs> you know, of like, oh my god, that moment was so so special. So yeah, I loved watching this. The point of all that was just to say it was cool to watch the Sajas interact with with the younglings and teach them the ways of the Force and all that stuff. Like the the experience we had out in the, I think we shouldn't spoil that either, right? But yeah. the experience we had out in the uh, climate simulator where we saw the Sajas and the younglings working together. <laughs> Tears. I mean, we were crying. Yeah. We were all crying <laughs> yeah. watching, watching. You know, the, these people we didn't know to have this experience. It's just overwhelming. Well, that that in particular, real quick. If the woman, the passenger, was not fully invested, we wouldn't have felt that way. Right. Like we saw her really. I'm like, oh wait, does she really have the force? You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. I'm like, wait, she's having a moment. I'm gonna have a moment if she's having a moment. Yeah. So. It's all she about was sitting at the bar with us when that whole thing mm-hmm. happened because that little oh, yeah, kid yeah. actually went up to her. Yeah. Right. The Saja was talking to her, and the little kid came up, and that's when he like leaned over to me, and he was like, 
ignite the spark. And so you know, <laughs> yes. kid just lean over to me and say, yes. ignite the spark. He leaned in with his elbow on the bar. He got up on the stool and leaned in to us and said, ignite the spark. And I was like, light the fire. And he goes, <gasps> <laughs> and the way he was holding his drink and everything too, was with such confidence. Like, this is where I belong. Let me tell you something about what's going down on this shit right here. <laughs> you know, you know it's cool to see them. It was great. One of my favorite moments of, of the Jedi experience was was during the piece that we we can't spoil or you know or won't spoil. But everyone was sitting like one row of people on one side of the room, one row on the other, and you're doing this whole experience. And when it's all over and you're recovering from the, this emotional roller coaster that you've just been on in real life, right in front of you, they, there's a saying that they have on the ship. The Sajas have together as one. You know, it's kind of a call and response. They say together and the students say as one. So we learned that in the, in the lightsaber training, which by the way is super cool. The lightsaber training we should mention is, is a, it's disguised as, um, as a Gaia fan club meeting. So it's, you know, everyone that way you're not in trouble for gathering in the hallway kind of thing. And then there's a, there's a character appearance and you, you run into the room and, oh no, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. That's not right. The Gaia fan club meeting is the actual sort of finale, Jedi finale experience. That's right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I misspoke yeah, yeah. there. But in the lightsaber training, we learned together as one, together as one. So in the fan club, air quotes, experience, uh, at the end, the Saja says something and we will, you know, we'll defeat the First Order together. And nobody said it. And I just, I, I go as one. And she looked at me, dude. Like, remember, it's her second trip or maybe her first trip if they're really rotating every trip. I don't know. But say it's her first time doing this, you know, playing that character and having this experience with live guests. I go, I was like, why isn't it? And I said it loud. I was like, as one. And she looked at me like, dude, you are my dude. You, yes. (laughs) And she, she goes, as one, as one. And then everyone in the room was like, as one. It was just like those little moments where, you know, those are the things we talk about if you're, if you're willing to, to shed your sort of, you're, you're cool for a couple of days and just immerse yourself fully and not care what anybody thinks and, and be a Jedi or be a scoundrel, or, you know, or be a, a, a first order sympathizer or whatever you want to be, just be it. And there were moments for me where I had trouble. I still even had trouble with that. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm being good. This is not like, I didn't fully get in. And so the, when I would, when I would remind myself like, dude, this is what you're here to do and mm-hmm. speak up in, a, in an experience like that, like, this is encouraged. So say it, say what, say what you want to say, you know, or in the same experience, no one, there's a force moment is all I will say where it's very focused and no one is like holding their hand out. No, no one's, you know, no one's really going for it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm putting my hand out. And when I did that and like close my eyes and focus the thing that's supposed to happen, like happened at that exact instant <laughs> when I was like, I'm throwing my hand up in this thing, man, this is, yeah, I'm using man. the force right now. And, and yeah, so I just can't hammer home people that are, are going enough to just really let go of, of like thinking you're being goofy or someone's going to look at you. If you, you know, if you speak up in one of the experiences or want to be, you know, the person at the front of the room, I'm telling you, you'd think like, oh, but everybody wants that. They're no, people are not really stepping up to be like, look at me, I'm in the front. So if you really want the experience, I mean, go for it. Like I got picked to do the lightsaber training in front of the whole class by myself, like the fastest part, you know, it, it was crazy, dude. So I'll shut up. It's but, true. Um, when you get, when you get on the ship, you're, it's hard because you're like still taking everything in and you're yeah. kind of absorbing and you're like, kind of checking everybody's vibe and seeing how committed everybody is and where they're going. And then once you start interacting with the the characters on the ship and you realize how far into it it is, and then you're like, you kind of get sucked into it. And like by that first night when we were all sitting at the bar, 
and the, and the music came on. It's like, and I'm looking, there's like Mandalorians and there's a Rodian over there. There's a Twi'lek and then the, the stormtroopers are in there and like you guys are there and there's Jedi and smugglers. And I'm just like, holy shit, we're in a fucking Star Wars movie right now. <laughs> and we're legitimately playing Sabacc? No, like playing Sabacc, yeah. yeah. That was when, that was the moment where I fully sold out. Like it took yeah. me a little bit, like even like interacting with the first order, scanning my thing, having these like back to meetings. I'm still kind of taking it in but sitting in that bar that first night with you guys was the was when i like was like yep i'm all in let's go yeah. nick wasn't that when uh that was it the first night when we were sitting there and and wraith came was like come with me i think so right because it was it was it, it must have been the first day because by the second day like he knew who we were and, well yeah. and and it was like you were supposed to meet him on 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 batu the next day right mm, something uh, like uh, that yeah because we were all sitting there and this was the first night so we're getting vibe we're getting used to all of it and one of the principal characters comes over to our table, sits down with his drink, hangs out for a minute, gets Nick's vibe in his Mando armor, and is like, come with me. And he takes him away. And we're like, mm -hmm. where is he going? What is he doing? Yeah. You know, it was the first night, first time something like that happened. All right. This is legit spoiler territory, though. So uh, be warned. Skip ahead to hour and 23 minutes and 20 seconds-ish if you don't want to hear any more spoilers and catch our wrap-up at the end. Yeah, so that's where, again, I it's almost like this path chose me, but so he was in the lounge, Wraith was in the lounge, and he reached in his pocket because they had these little cards with QR codes on them, but he didn't have them, so there must be a backup plan. He was like, hold on a second, come with me. We walk across the lounge. I put my, uh, my data band against the wall on this little, like, comm unit thing, and all of a sudden, I think he says something like, okay, check your data pad now. I check my data pad and there's like 415 basically be it meet in the atrium for we need you to help with the heist, which is basically like we need everyone who's on this mission to distract anyone else, cast members, like ship director, cruise director. Everyone needs to be distracted because Wraith wants to steal the stone from the compass, which is from Ryloth, which is where Gaia is from. And Gaia really wants the stone back. So it it just happened, it like kind of just happened, you know, but like that's how in depth like the acting was, was mm -hmm. like, oh, he went to go hand me a card, but he didn't have one. So then whether it's an earpiece thing and someone was like, bring him to the comm or whatever, that dude really like he knew what he was doing and it was he was having fun with us, which I think yeah. it's one of those things like, you know, like you guys will know when like you're on stage playing a show. If the crowd sucks, you, you kind of suck, you know, it's hard. so yeah. it's like I think it's he, hard to get out of your head. Exactly. Moments, so yeah. the better the crowd is, the better you perform. So it's kind of like I think that that dude in particular saw how excited we were and he was really he was really uh, doing his job. Great. I was equal parts stoked for you and jealous in that moment. Yeah. Of like, <laughs> why does he get to do a cool thing? Well, that's what's cool is that like we all hung out kind of all the time, but the few minutes we didn't was because we were doing our own thing. Yeah. And then we all kind of reconvened and was like, oh, I did this, I did that, I did this. Wasn't that one of the best moments when we would sort of all come back together and have those moments of like, what are you? What did you do? What did yeah, you do? Yeah. Like yeah. those were some of my favorite times on the ship was when we we would all be off doing our own thing for, for a little while. I, you know, I, I, Austin, you and I spent a lot of time, our, we kind of followed the same thing for most of it, even, even though you were playing both sides, um, <laughs> but we spent a lot of time. So we would come back and meet up with you guys and, and Mike come storming in, hello, my friends. And everyone just, you know, the whole weekend, that'll just pull you right back into it. I, I loved those moments of like sharing what we had all gotten into. Well, speaking of Austin 
and Mike, because you uh, you dabbled. Maybe talk about your experiences on the the dark side and uh, and scoundrel level. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of so I was kind of everywhere. So I kind of did all the same stuff you guys did as far as like mission wise, whatever. Except for the very first night, Lieutenant Croy came up to me and said, "Listen." Uh, something shady is going on in the ship. I don't feel like there, it is a civilian vessel. I feel like there's something more going on here and I need help. And you look like a man who can help me. And I said, of course I am. And so he had me come over to one of the machines. I scanned my band and I got, uh, my set of missions from Lieutenant Croy on top of all the other stuff, uh, that I had for everything else. So, um, I know that, uh, Adam, you got to experience one of them with me. Uh, one of the, one of the huge things about that track is you'd get to do a lot of stuff with your droid in the room. And one of the times, uh, we went in there and I totally botched this one. I totally messed it up, but we went in there and I scanned my band and the droid's like, Oh, Hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, whatever. Oh wait, it looks like somebody's trying to break into my freak. And then it just goes red yeah. and the room <laughs> kind of is red yes. and the window changes and it's like rocks outside and it's like you're completely in a different place and you're just kind of sitting there and you get this transmission from the first order and it's telling you have to splice the droid and do this to get all the communications and it's like make sure you do the red one whatever blah 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 and I I messed it up. I did the green one, so <laughs> I didn't get yeah, to but I remember when happened. you I remember when you told us that the room like turned the lights yeah. in the room went red. It was like and and that's and the so fact cool. that only only out of our whole party, only two, the two of you are the only ones who saw that. That's so so cool. So there's moments like that everywhere. I mean, even when I went, um, one of the one of the missions we have to do is sabotage the uh, the drive so that if you know she tries to punch it to get out of there to you know to get out away from the first order, the the engines will stop. Yeah. So we do this whole sabotage mission down there. And after we did this mission, we're all like high fiving. Lieutenant Croy's there, and then he takes us to this group and he's like, great job, everybody. You know, this is what it is. And he goes, then all of a sudden he turns around and he's like, stop in the name of the first order. And you look over and Ray's there and she's like, stop. Hand up. Yeah. She just stopped. He just stops. And then she's like, you didn't see me here. And he's like, I did not see you here. And then she's yeah. like, you're needed over in the climate control room or whatever. And he's like, I'm needed in the climate control area. And he leaves. And there was maybe 15 people that saw that maybe. And it happened within like five seconds. And there's stuff like that that happens all over the ship. And it's insane to think that those moments are, you know, as you say there's, you know, 300 people on that ship or 100 people, whatever. Five people, two people, 15 people here catching these things. And it's just, it's insane. Insane. Well, now that we're, we're fully into spoiler territory, we should, it's, it's tough to know how much to talk about what we inferred as what's going on behind the scenes. but. In reference to that moment where just maybe a dozen people see something, there are lots of things that seem like they're very well orchestrated by whoever's at mission control, essentially, to make sure that each person's experience feels as genuine and singular as possible. Because something like the force training that the majority of us did at the end, that happens multiple times, maybe two, three times, whatever. But still... It happens more than once, but it doesn't feel like it. And the only reason I know that is because I was late to it because I got caught up in something else. So it was in progress. And the Saja said, come back in 15 minutes and I'll help you. Whatever. She said something in character. So the fact that you guys did that and I then went on my own and had the same experience and we can talk about that in in detail, know that we both had the same exact experience makes it obvious that they're, they're repeating and they're directing people in a way where you never cross paths. It's ships in the night 
going through these same experiences and it's brilliantly done especially dude for second voyage ever like nailing it it's crazy and that said talking about ray this is one of those examples of someone who's very clearly not daisy ridley right daisy ridley is not on the ship with us but that's ray that's as much ray as the ray out in galaxy's edge the kylo ren there is as much kylo ren as anyone on either of the parks right and if you want to be a curmudgeon, you can say, well, that's not, she doesn't look enough like Daisy Ridley or that voice doesn't sound enough like Adam Driver. But if you let go your conscious self and act on instinct, <laughs> it's so real. It's like so real. I purposely wasn't looking her dead in the eye when she was in the room because I, I didn't want to break my suspension of disbelief. And I had that conscious thought for a moment, but then I just went back into it. It was like the whole thing was like a mindfulness exercise of just be in the moment and yeah. experience and stop trying to analyze shit. Yeah. And it made it so, so good. I know, Ryan, I, I know you have to get out of here, so let's talk about a big moment since we're in this Ray and Kylo thing. The whole thing uh, culminates, the whole journey essentially culminates with a, a story finale on the second night. After, this is after dinner. This is pretty late, right? Yeah. Yeah. 10 p.m. probably? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, because it's around the time of celebration, so that was like 10, 10, 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a first, first order presence the entire time. There's a resistance counter presence that is revealed through the story as, as everyone's individual paths kind of unfold. And there's a battle on the bridge between Kylo Ren and Rey, which I guess is canon, right? Mm -hmm. Like canonically, another... There's another. There's now another showdown between Kylo Ren and Rey yeah. in the storyline between the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker, and we watch that unfold. And that's where the lightsaber, the quote, real lightsaber, is revealed. So Ryan, since you have to bounce, give your feelings on it. I just can't really even find the words to <laughs> to to have experienced so much positive, happy serotonin dopamine overload for the previous 30 hours or whatever we're standing in in the atrium we've all got you know adam you and i have our hands on our sabers like we can't do anything with them but still like we're here as we keep talking about we're just living in that moment and being ready like this is bad something bad is happening and we are jedi on this ship mm -hmm. you know so i've got my hand on my on my lightsaber and this thing is unfolding and dude <laughs> like she just she stands up there and lifts this hilt with with two hands and the sound was so good the sound was so good like it was loud you know the the lighting of it but you knew it was coming at some point in the in the trip right like that was something that was spoiled early on that they figured out how to make a lightsaber ignite from nothing so when is that but the cool thing for me is I had forgotten. I had completely, completely forgotten that that was going to be a part of the experience. Same. So when it happened, it was so intense and it was so overwhelming to be standing there dressed head to toe in Jedi robes and in front of me, a lightsaber ignited. I mean, it like, and it just was so bright. The light, the, the blue was so bright and intense and I don't know if you guys are going to talk about it after I go, but the old switcheroo that happens afterwards, I saw it on video. I saw this, they, there's the little switcheroo and I was like, oh man, that's really, that's really bad. But in the moment I was so overwhelmed that it fully worked on me. I did not see, I didn't see it. Like I, I was just jaw on the floor 
And then after that, you get to watch a real life, pretty legit lightsaber battle. I mean, yeah. it's well choreographed. It's, it's not like a performing troupe of of people who like travel around doing stunt sabering. It's not that gnarly, but it's really good, and the sound is incredible. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I just I love that I forgot it was going to happen. I think that's kind of what I want to, the point I want to make. I was so immersed in the entire experience that one of the things I was most looking forward to seeing, I forgot was going to happen. So when it did happen, it was the most magical moment of my 42 years on earth. I mean, I just, <laughs> I saw a lightsaber ignite in front of my face. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, yeah. I mean, I was, my eyes were fully welled with tears. I mean, I was so overwhelmed. I, I, we have to go back. <laughs> I feel like you needed that moment though, because just moments before that, the first order called me out and you were standing next to me and you looked at me with <laughs> yes. such disgust. Called you out with <laughs> praise. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, thanks for helping work him. in the engine room was masterful. And I was like, ah, damn it. Well, <laughs> the reason, one of the reasons that I was, you know, we had a moment, Austin and I had a moment is because our Lynn, our Saja came up to me and put her hand on my shoulder and looked at me like, you've betrayed you. You've betrayed. She's me. Like, like, I trusted you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're associated with this person. And I put my hand on her shoulder and I said, <laughs> which is, I was just in the moment. I, I don't know if that's even a lot, you know, like that, is that weird to like, you know, put your hand on the shoulder of a cast member? Are they going to, is that going to be, a, I don't know, but I did. And I was like, I, I, I had no idea. I just, you know, I was like in character. I, sold I, me I out. had, I had it's not no my idea fault. that it's not my and fault. she, yeah it's, yeah, it's not my fault. Yeah. And and she she was very satisfied with that answer. You know, she's like, okay, yeah. you're still you're still on. She the just team. looked at me, said, "I trusted you," and then he took like ten steps away from me. And then luckily the lightsaber lit, and then he forgot all. Of oh that. my so god, it was, it was so good, you guys! It was so good, dude. What's next level about that lightsaber moment is that, and I don't know if this is better or worse than if I would have been more conscious, but I was so immersed that I saw it ignite and didn't even think about what had happened. It didn't even register. I was like, all right, she's got her lightsaber and he's got his and it's, ha it's going down. Like I, I wasn't like breaking it down. How it did it ignite? It completely went over. I didn't after the, like at the end, I was like, wait a minute. Did she like, was that the one? What, it gets what, very, you know? uh, at that point when it's literally everyone's experience is culminating yeah. together, every guest in the hotel, it gets very medieval times in the sense that you're rooting for yeah. your person, you know, yeah. like it gets, I guess it's a little, it bottlenecks a little bit there. Mm -hmm. No, you're at that point, you're no longer like, I wasn't rooting for a scoundrel I was rooting for Ray, you know, like right. a, a bottlenecks to a light side, dark side thing, but it gets very medieval times because mm -hmm. everybody was cheering. Like the passengers were cheering, watching this happen. And what better experience can you have than like a couple of hundred people are all in an atrium of a starship watching a lightsaber battle and everyone's losing their minds. It was it such <laughs> a good vibe. There's so much Bro. going on in those moments too. Like yeah. it's like a full, you know, 180 degree theater thing going on, mm -hmm. 360, whatever. Like there's so much going on. You're looking everywhere and it's full. Like you're literally like you can look at over here at the lightsaber battle or something going on with the captain and the first sword lieutenant and then the, the stormtroopers are firing and then there's stuff going over. There's just so much going on and you have so many people and not one person has a bad view of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, well, I was going to say pro tip. You would think, you know, the action is happening uh, when, when you get on the ship, you'll, you'll see, you know, first thing you do is come into the atrium and they, they definitely use this second story balcony kind of thing as like a position for the captain to speak to the whole, you know, all of the guests and everything. So you'd think at this, this, to it starts out as like a toast, you know, thing that you're doing at the end at that night. And, you think you'd want to be close and like be right there where the captain's talking. 
you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think pro tip is like back middle. You, you, yeah. you actually yeah, want to be pretty sure. far away from the elevators yes. in the balcony and try to get back as dead middle. center as you can. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, movie theater style. That's what everybody kept saying too. Yeah. All right, you gotta get out here. Yeah, I just gotta, dude. I'm, I, I got, I gotta be up at six, and I haven't eaten today. Soft, not healthy, not healthy. (laughs) But um, I was just gonna say, I love the Star Cruiser, I love Star Wars, and I love all of you. Same, love you, bud. Please carry on talking all night. I can't wait to listen to the rest of the pod that I won't be here for. But just keep telling me how awesome your experience was. Because <laughs> as Nick said, Happy Gambarian is is now gone, and we're all sort of down <laughs> in the dumps and poopy, going, poopy Gambarian, <laughs> poopy Gambarian in the house. Going back to this episode or going to this this episode on on Thursday is going to be like, oh yeah, remember there are awesome things in the world. So I'll see you guys later. Bye. Okay, I'm subbing in. All right, Mike, get on the field. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. What do you need? What are we missing here that we can talk about now that we're in full spoiler territory? Well, 90% spoiler territory. I would say the playing the two storylines was actually a lot of fun. So coming into the trip, I knew that I was going to be a scoundrel, like like literally dressed for being a scoundrel. And my role was I, we found the obvious scoundrel, which was Wraith Cole. And if you had done any of the kind of, you know, little crumb trails that they had been putting out on StarWars.com, you actually could read about some of these characters and their involvement with the Halcyon. So getting, I was looking for, of course, he looks different than the artist rendering, but like, as soon as I figured out, I'm like, okay, Gaia, this dude's just got something going on, right? And I remember coming up to him and that was kind of my first, like the moment that Ryan had that was okay, I have to let go of the idea that like I, I either need to totally play along or I'm not really going to... I'm going to get like a half-ass experience out of this, right? Yeah. And so I go up. I go up to him and I'm like, hey, man, I'm just traveling. I'm on vacation. But I'm always willing to work a job if one presents itself to me. And he like totally picks up on like, oh, okay. And he, you know, he like eyes me up, right? And he's like, all right. So, you know, then, then we kind of kick off that storyline. Then I go over to Croy as any good scoundrel would do, right? And I go, and I, you guys saw that, like, data disc that I made with the rebellion symbol on it? Yeah. Yeah. So I brought that because I'm like, I'm sure that'll be a great, if that wasn't, like, a betting token or something, I'm like, that'll be come in use. So I go up to Croy, and our Croy was so great that he, like, eyes me up, and he's taller. I'm not the tallest dude, but he, he, like, looks down on me with this, like, sense of distress taste you know what i mean he just like he looks at me and rebel scum (laughs) right basically right and so like i go up to him like hey i'm like listen i'm i'm working on this ship and you know at the end of the day the credit spend so if you need information let me know if you're willing to pay and he looks at me and goes what you know in his english accent right and he says what is your name i'm like oh my name is mike i'm a i'm in acquisitions he goes oh acquisitions this is is this what you're calling it now? You scum and villain, you know? And I'm like, all right, so I'm a bounty hunter. Come on, man. I'm like, I get things. That's what I do. But I don't call myself a bounty hunter on different parts of the game, you know? So like, I'm like fully immersed in the idea that I am going to acquire something. 
and I'm not afraid to sell it to the first order. And like he recognized me as being like a, I hate that I have to work with you, but it was yeah. very Empire Strikes Back for me, you know, to yeah. have that like the, the, talks. The, yeah, you know, and like seeing seeing the response of the officers on the deck when they look up at Bosk's toes, you know, yeah, and yeah. just yeah. this like, <laughs> who are these things that are helping, you know, bounty on us. We don't need this scum. Exactly. Like yes, that, sir. that to me was like, I got to live that Star Wars moment. And I would encourage people, don't go into it. I think we talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week. Like, don't go into it thinking, oh, I'm only a Jedi, because you have a ton of fun exploring and just seeing like what role like speaks to you, you know? Yeah. You're only limited by what you choose not to do. Right. So, like, everything that I chose to do, I was able to be a part of. Everything that I didn't take part in, like uh, the Wraith Cole stuff, I didn't really get to see or get to do. But I, I, I didn't go down that path. Like, that wasn't something I did. But I, I definitely played both sides. And I feel like limiting yourself, like, right off in the jump is bad. Because I feel like even on day two, you can still kind of waver and then make oh, your definitely. decisions later on of where yeah, you really want to go. Because sure. I feel like it sounds like there's at least one unique experience for everything everything else is just kind of like little missions and stuff to keep you involved but it seems like there's one big payoff for everything so as long as you're if you're being smart like us and splitting the cabin with like four like three or four other people you could kind of just reconvene and be like oh i did this i did that and you just get the whole story meanwhile you feel fulfilled because you did your you got your one unique experience yeah you know, it's like at no point I wasn't really jealous whenever you guys told me certain things because I was involved in my story and it was oh, you it were was living amazing. your best life. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just happy to hear <laughs> that you guys were having a good time. And in detail while we were having drinks, like you guys telling me what you guys did. And I was like, man, that sounds so awesome. Also, definitely communicate with your party and with whatever friends or acquaintances you're making along the way about what's happening as it's happening in terms of like missions you need to accomplish and things you need to uh, pieces you need to connect on the data pad level to get you access to things. Cause there were a few things like when we were down on Batu, or little moments um, like where we'd have to go to the, that terminal and then go to the engineering room, stuff like that. Where if you Austin and Ryan hadn't said, yo, you need to go do this thing right now. I wouldn't have had the opportunity for that Jedi moment. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure they would have accommodated if I had showed up, but Right. It was unlocked and it showed up in my itinerary because you said, hey, you need to go do this right now. Don't leave here before you finish this. So definitely communicate. So I think that after our Jedi, after our lightsaber training, that Saja stuff pops up in your data pad. Yeah. And it's it's all for pretty much everything that we did that first day set up for our missions on Batu. Yeah. So... You know, the Saja is the thing that you have to finish. You have to go through that process of basically um, you're capturing transmissions to find a crate that's going to dock Ondors. And once you figure out where the crate is uh, and you, you're scanning a bunch of stuff and, and and it's a lot like you have, there's a lot of it's, it's invested. But once you figure out where it is, you have to negotiate with the guy who's selling it to dock Ondor and you're given a certain amount of credits to do it. You know, you only have, I think it was like 6,500 credits or something like that to do it in. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of just have to negotiate with him. And once you get that, then, you know, they're like, okay, cool. I'll give it to you. I'll transport it. And then you get a message and they're like, hey, join us on the ship at this time. Well, we open this ancient Jedi artifact, whatever this crate is, but we just, we know there's an ancient Jedi artifact. We just don't know what it is. 
Yeah. So that is one of them. If you, if you want to go down that Jedi thing, that is what you have to do. Uh, it's a lot of scanning, a lot of barcode scanning, yeah. a lot of key detections it's stuff like that. But it's, it's no more tedious or stupid or annoying than like little busy work in an RPG would be like a video game. You're just doing it in real life, which right. in my opinion, side quest. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a hundred percent a side quest. It's the same kind of stuff that you can actually do on a normal trip to Batu in, in the app, but now it has stakes and consequences and rewards Correct. for finishing it which is but which is like, funny that you say that because i never fit i never i did some of it in batu but i never really finished it because it never really there was never really a, a payoff to it right not a full payoff but now there is a hundred percent a payoff for the stuff you do in batu and there's a reason and it's kind of cool because if you think about the grand scheme of like a cruise ship like there are excursions and there's things you do on a cruise ship and mm -hmm. here you're landing on this this planet and now you have these missions to do but also, you know, you can stop off at Oga's and have a drink and maybe do a mission in there as well. Right. And <laughs> but speaking of that, so here, here, here's a, another example of one of those like mini moments before the rest of the crew, right? So I go in and we know that we have our Oga's reservation. You know, and I hear some people that are frustrated that Oga's isn't you physically going in and being able to drink in there is not part of the experience. But you are allowed to go in there to run that mission, right? So for me, I don't know why anyone would think like if I'm going there and I'm booking 60 days out that you wouldn't include that in your trip, right? So there's people who are griping about it because on the counterpoint, if you don't drink and that was included, you would be pissed that you had to pay for someone else, subsidize someone else's drink, right? So right. the idea that it would be included is like the, the easiest way is to go buy it if you want it. That's it. We're good. But a, a little really cool moment in there is I go into Oga's. And we were there pretty early. I think we were there about like 1030 in the morning, right? Yeah. yeah. So I go in and I have this, you know, on my data pad, it's got the this symbol that's like, show the, you know, show this to people at Oga's Cantina. They'll know what that means, right? So no, no kidding. Like I walk in there, our group is just getting in there and I walk up because I recognized, I go, did you guys get the code, the smuggler code? My crew, Austin and Meredith were like, well, no, we didn't get it. And I'm like, oh, am I special? I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. So I run up to the bar and I hold my phone up and I go, someone told me, you know what this is going to mean. And both bartenders look at it and they go, mm, I, I don't know why you're showing that to us. Like with that, we don't know what that means. So me, the person that I am, I pull out two of my own drink tokens and I go, <laughs> listen, if I got a sweet in the pot, I'm willing to do that. But I understand if you got information, I at least got to say I had a fair shake at it. And I put them both, I slid them over like, you know. Wild West. Yeah. And they both look down at them. This is both of them in tandem. And they look at each other and they go, oh, that symbol. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And I'm like, so if I wouldn't have had my own custom-made drink tokens, they would have just waited until, you know, like some other people part of the story came and got the story back on the rails. But yeah. the fact that I literally, like... I had to give up my own drink tokens that I made to them just to make them interact with me. I'm like, That's a, you guys are amazing. And then I go back to the table and like one of the, you know, one of the other bartenders is like, oh, you guys are here from the Star Cruiser. Here, I heard you got the, you know, and he slid over the token that they gave me to scan and activate. But it's like, for me in that, in that moment, again, I'm living a Star Wars story, you know? And it's like Hell for yeah. people that want to like lean into it, you know? In a note on that, and Austin, I want to ask you this because I know this, this is your realm. From a cast member's standpoint, if there are people who now have listened to the podcast, if you have listened to any of our Star Cruiser episodes at this point, like you are interested, you are like, 
mm, I'm either justifying it, I'm trying to figure out how to justify it. And then once I ultimately commit, as we have talked about it on here, is that there has to be a certain buy-in that you have as a traveler. Once you get there, you decided to loosen up. As a cast member, what is that energy like to experience? And like, do you instantly, like, does it go from them to being like, now I'm just at work to being like, boom, I'm matching you. Like how, how does like from a cat, like former cast member, like all that stuff, like what is that like for the performers to feel energy of people who are willing to go there? I mean, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing as like they were talking about being on stage. You know, you're all about, you feed off your audience's energy. So I imagine with these guys and this new project and them being on this ship and, you know, they're, they're there to play. And I imagine you wouldn't take a gig like this unless you were a fan in some aspect of it, right? Because you're fully immersed in it at that point. And, you know, I know some of them, some of the people there are cosplayers or they're huge Star Wars fans. So it's cool. I, I think that they want to play. So, so seeing that, I mean, uh, you mentioned this, uh, I listened to the last week's podcast, but you mentioned this before with the captain sitting on the the deck, you know, before we were about to do the whole thing. And, and she sees the guy with the the medal from yeah. uh, Yavin and, and, and she just goes, Hey, I'm really sorry to pull you into this. Uh, you know, I know, thank you for your service and you know, whatever. And that dude was sitting there and he was like listening to her and then like had that moment where he was like, yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was totally at that battle. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You guys are all welcome. Like he just, his demeanor completely changed and you can see yeah. at that moment, he kind of melted into it and goes, you know what? All right, I'm all in. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody has a different level of where they're going to sell out, like where they're going to get to that point. And, you know, obviously that was late on the second day, but, and I'd seen that guy a bunch of times. He's just quietly hanging out in different spots, but that was the first time I saw him sell out. And I think that like the people who are going to go in and sell out are the people that, that the cast members on the ship are looking for. They want to interact because it makes their job easier. It helps them tell the story. It helps them further. And and as an actor on this side, it helps you commit more to it because you're, in a world of Star Wars instead of in a world of Star Wars of people who don't want to be there. Yeah. Nick, do we leak the little detail about the necklace for Wraith? I mean, I think it's fairly inconsequential. I, I wouldn't... Okay. That wouldn't ruin things for me if I heard that. Spoiler, regardless. Right, right, right. So, but just, it's it's a small little detail because part of addressing what you had talked about at the top of the hour, Adam, was like, the people are just like, oh, this whole thing completely ignores the OT and the PT. We sat down with Wraith, and he reminded us that he was from Ryloth. So mind you, the actor has a story that they've read and learned and understood that Ryloth is a planet, that this is where, you know, famously Twi'leks and all that. Did you get a sense that we might have, like, maybe started to pin him a little bit on saying, okay, these guys are asking questions that I might not, I might have to go off script a little bit, Nick, when we started talking about the Syndulas. Yeah, I feel like he like slowed down a little bit, but yeah. at no point did I feel like we were, I don't think we were grilling him, so right. he didn't necessarily react in that way, yeah. you know? Like, I'm sure other passengers, if they're going to be of a certain variety, are going to try to like stump the cast members. We right. obviously weren't doing that. So we didn't like make him nervous, you know? So he, he had room to breathe there. For sure. So Rafe has this really beautiful like necklace on. It's this like purple with his gold outline, right? And he goes, well, you know, I'm from Ryloth. And so all of us are sitting around. We went, wait, Ryloth? And you're old enough. We were like, you probably fought for Sham Syndulla. And he just gets this sly little smile on his face. 
and we're all like, yes, oh my, like, you're a legend, like, you're a legend, dude, like, you, 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 you know, you fought for the original liberation of trying to push out the Trade Federation, like, that's amazing, you know, and he's like, he's like, there were a lot of battles and Ryloth has had, you know, he gave us kind of some, like, like, kind of cheery story of, like, you know, the people of Ryloth are, uh, will always fight with those who stand with them, and he goes, in fact, you'll recognize this pendant, because, because back in the Clone Wars, we fought alongside the Jedi and all of us looked at his pendant and we were like, dude, he goes, it pays homage to the Jedi that made a huge impact on us. And this was the color of his lightsaber. And we're like, Mace <laughs> and Windu, let's go. Like, we're just like everyone, like we're like losing our minds in this thing. And he's like, he's like high-fiving us, like cheering. Like that to me is like, I'm like, where are the haters? Yeah, where are they? Like, where are they? Because like, that yeah. could have been off script, or like that. That you know, like that was a very little detail that said if someone asks you about your wardrobe, throw that little bit in there. And that was, you know, and I'm sitting here being like, that that was so damn cool to have that little detail. That like, if no, if we wouldn't have asked him about that, it would have yeah. never came up. But yeah. we like sat down to have the conversation and ask the characters to, to ask the backstory that they've been kind of inquired to flesh out if they want to if we didn't ask him about that or get to that point that was just like a layer of the story that wasn't going to be told you know but we were interacting so we got we got that sweet sweet moment that's why they always say like you gotta interact you gotta you gotta make friends or talk to people or you know it's crazy the amount of details you get or little bits and pieces like little easter eggs that you'll get like it's like getting a a, a Blu-ray and not like watching the behind the scenes or any of that right, stuff yeah. and getting the extra commentary. Like you're like, okay, cool, I get it. But then you get all these side stories and all this other information that ties stuff together or ties something that you love into the story. And you're like, oh shit, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's those yeah. layers of the choose your own adventure onion that make this something that isn't just a ride mashed up with a hotel. Yeah. You know, so many people look at it from the outside. I mean, ourselves included, we, we didn't know really if we were going to get our money's worth. We knew we were going to try. We knew we were going to put everything into it. But we didn't expect these kind of layers and these moments that, like you said, would have just stayed in his back pocket had you not engaged. You know, we didn't know about any mm-hmm. of that. And the fact that mm-hmm. we each unlocked a handful of those in our different experiences makes it clear that all the, the money is going into creating these deep, deep levels that will or won't be uncovered depending on how much you invest. And that, that stuff puts it in a whole different category. It's unreal. It, the details are there if you go looking for it. And yeah. I mean that from the character interactions that you have to even the, what's the official name, like the registration plate of the ship? Is there like an official name for that? Oh, I have a picture of it. Well, it literally has, you know, Corellian. It's got- Corellian Engineering Corporation, Santh Shipyards, Carnet City, Corellia. Sick. Like it, it lays all that out, which is like, okay, if, if Corellia doesn't do anything for you, if you say that it ignores oh, all class. the everything and the class is Purgle class, Purgle class. Yep. Which is amazing if you're a Rebels fan. And if you don't know what that is because you didn't watch Rebels because 
animated shows for kids, well, <laughs> you just missed out on a beautiful little awesome Easter egg that's put yeah. in there. And they also, they talk about the Halcyon being built in the latest book of the High Republic, Midnight Horizon. And so there's all of this like story in there that's being tied and told across Star Wars that literally it's there if you want to go for it. And when people are just like shutting all this down, pff, that's nothing that Disney Star Wars is guilty of. That's on right. you, right? 100%. The saying, if you're bored, then you're boring. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I'm reminded of right now. Yeah, I mean, you get you go out into of it what that. you put into it. Exactly. 100%. If you go on it and you it's the same thing that I've told everybody. If you go on it and you're on your phone on Instagram or on your own Facebook or you're not paying attention or you're just sitting around, you're going to miss everything. You're going to leave and you're going to go, man, this thing sucked. Right. But if you fully sell out to it, like to the point where yeah, I sabotaged the bridge, but even when the bridge got <laughs> sabotaged, when I was on there with the captain, I felt like shit about it. Yeah. Like I actually legitimately felt bad. I was like, oh, I was part of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you get so sucked into the story. You're like, oh man. Yeah. Am I a piece of shit? <laughs> I killed my droid. I sabotaged the ship. Am I a piece of shit? Am I, Am I a piece of shit? Am I a Sith Lord? <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, no, yeah. Sith Lord's bad. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I had moments like that where it was tough for me to go down any other path because I'm such a Jedi fanboy. I, I have been since day one. And Lynn Arsaja was so sweet and genuine. Mm -hmm. If there, if I did anything that made her even slightly bummed out at me, I, I would have like, I probably would have cried. You know what I mean? I was so invested. Bro, that's why he judged me the entire time. 100% judged me the entire time. Even though I helped him out with all the then? Jedi stuff, he judged me the entire time. And it was so hilarious to like, that's why like uh, we were sitting in the cantina and, and Lieutenant Croy grabbed me because I didn't get invited to this thing. And he goes, I need your help. And I was like, He's like, do you know anybody that can help? And I'm like, I know a guy. So I grabbed Mike and I'm like, let's, let's go do this. And so we had this whole experience on the bridge with Lieutenant Croy for the first order. Basically what were we, we were trying to, cause there was a first order blockade there that was stopping the ship from going through. Mm -hmm. Well, the, then the communications got cut. Remember? And yeah. They, so and they, they didn't know that we had control the bridge. They started right. shooting at us cause we fired at the thing to get away and they're like oh no we're not firing at you so then we're like stopping and then we finally got a communication out uh so it was like a cool cool thing but you know wouldn't have been a part of it if we just didn't happen to be in the right place at the right time and then getting called out the end and key like just sitting there and then the saja coming up to me and she like looks me in the eyes and she was like <laughs> i trusted you and i'm like my heart broke oh. like literally like my heart broke because she like gave it to me and i was just like oh damn shit she was great dude <laughs> She was awesome. Let's start to wrap this up, but mention a couple things that are uh, broad brush strokes, spoilers, but eh, no details, so it's fine. So <laughs> there, is, uh, there is a bridge training exercise that we talked about, I think we mentioned earlier, where everyone gets to go around to these three, three or four stations, right? I think it was four, I want to say. Yeah, you've got the gunner, you've got an engineering station. Shields. Shields, and was there a fourth one? Well, the fourth yeah, one is just there's, pulling the lever to go to hyperspace, right? Well, there's there's cargo. Like you remember, you had to the, oh, that's use right. the magnetic. Yeah, so technically that would be. I think those were engineers. Then you had shields, mm -hmm. two sets of blasters, and then yeah. So you do the training so thing with a bunch of like loose cargo floating out around the ship. Everybody gets a feel for those controls, and they're they're kind of it's kind of like you take old school video game controls, like arcade. Controls like um, like a Pong or Galaga kind of like uh, wheel 
some different joysticks and things like that. And you split that up between two people, kind of like smugglers run where one person goes left and right. The other goes forward and back or up and down. And you have to, with your partner work to maybe grab a canister or shoot something or solve a puzzle there. The engineering stuff is like the lights uh, and you had to put out the combinations was really fun. Yeah. You see different arrangements of switches up and down or lights on and off. And each little section, you have to match that to move, you know, to, to like complete that task basically. And then the shields thing is very, not Galaga. What's the other game? game where you're, you're moving a pedal around and you're Pong. It's Pong esque, but there's, yeah. there's another sp- like space game from the, that Atari era that it's like, yeah, you're talking you're, about uh, space invaders. Yeah. It's kind of space invaders. It's all those kind of mashed up into one and you're around a circular, just like you would see in the war room in any star Wars movie, sort of, um, it looks like a hollow panel and you're, you're moving in those like half a dozen, maybe sections around there. You're supposed to manage your little section, whether it's from, asteroids or from blaster fire depending on it's a little chaotic (laughs) yeah so you get that training and then the culmination of that before the big grand finale is an actual assault on the ship and if you're on the resistance side you get to do this if you're on the first order side you get to do the thing that mike and austin did or you can play both sides be a dick (laughs) hey i shot down tie fighters (laughs) and then yeah it, it comes it comes to tie fighters and actually defending the ship so then the shields you're you're blocking blaster fire you're using those same controls to fire at TIE fighters, and then you're using the engineering controls to do the same task, but now the stakes are different because you're in the battle. Do not miss that. I think it's hard to miss. I think everybody knows it's going to happen, but make sure you're not just sipping a cocktail or cutting your toenails in your room when that goes down. Yeah, the two <laughs> the two things that you definitely want to do is the Saja stuff on Batu mm-hmm. and the captain's mission. Those are the Because I feel like it's the first two things you do on Batu. So if you do those two, those are the two things you'll get. And those, like we said, when you complete those, they'll pop up in your itinerary to make sure that you know when to go where and that you're included in the group. And I'm sure like logistically, they they need you to finish those so they know how many people they can put in a group. Because the bridge training, there's probably three, four maybe of those that go down. And I think the big battle, is it just one or do they? Yeah, the big battle is just the last one. Yeah. So... You can't just show up and be like, hey, man, can I battle? Like, you need to follow those <laughs> hey paths. Man, can I defend the ship? Can I have a gun? <laughs> Again, don't be on damn Instagram or whatever. Use that data pad to complete your missions. Get in there. Have the experience. Let go of your conscious self and so on. Anything else we want to say before we fully wrap it up? I know we're not going to talk about the, the couple big ones. The other thing that's interesting is that I know that there was a lot of people there there was from I'm in a lot of the groups right on Facebook and they're very active and they're gaining a lot of new people and me Sarah and Dano are a moderator in one of the groups and so we get all these questions there's like constantly coming in because people are they're now they're hearing that it's like whoa people are really responding to this experience so I'm I'm interested and so there's a lot of questions about people asking what if I get off what if I'm you know, I don't like the path I'm on or what if I like for some reason, and we all kind of experience this a little bit where sometimes we like Nick and I, especially because we're both running smuggler, like Nick would get pinged with something and I wouldn't get it. And like, you kind of take this like personal, you're like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Raise me. how did you guys me? get that? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you can actually look on the, on the data pad and you can see the stats of how all of the characters interact with you. And there's oh, like, yeah. what was it? Trust? It was trust. Neutral. And, trust and familiarity. Yeah, familiarity. Right. 
Right. So familiarity was based on how many times you actually like interacted with them in person. And then Mm -hmm. trust was how many of the missions you did for them. Right. So Keevan, I didn't have, I was like zero with Keevan, with Lenka, with like pretty much all the resistance be Sammy, nothing. So you can make decisions and see it kind of in live time to say, if I want to go into a path and you can kind of figure out who's who pretty quickly you can make those changes to be like, okay, I'm just going to go up, and every time I see him, I'm going to get on there. Now, the spoiler alert is that if you really, really, really don't want to put in the work, if you feel like, okay, I got off, but I hear this Jedi path is amazing, talk to guest services, and they could do a little Disney magic, aka coding, (laughs) and they can push you through. So that is kind of like a little spoiler alert that it's if you feel like you have ruined your own moment by your own stupid decisions, you can have someone digitally reset them. So um, that's something to, to consider too. But I think having the stats is really cool because then it encourages you to be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to experience the Jedi path if I don't act like a Jedi or run with the people who trust me as a Jedi. Right. Of course. Again, put in the work to have the experience that you want to have, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, just the thing is, is like between the the guest services people who pretty much bend over backwards to do whatever you can they can for everybody on that ship, helping you out with that 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 little thing that you said there, or maybe maybe you forgot to pick up something on your excursion to Batu. They'll go try to help you out with something. That's like huge. That. Yeah, those things that's are those huge. are great, and even like the the entertainment cast too. There's just God, they are like second to none dude and the interactions they have with each other when you're passing by and stuff is just there's so many cool things that even us talking about this through you know three episodes four or five whatever you're never going to get it all like it's something you yeah. have to experience eventually so do that the other thing and, and that I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that austin is like there's been a lot of people who have been asking you know do do you feel like this is different than a standard disney experience and the fact that Ryan went up to guest services and went, hey, my friend bought this killer bandolier from, you know, the Resistance Outpost or whatever I think. Then he goes, I would really love one. And if it's available, can I pay for it now? And you go grab it. And an hour later, they found Ryan and they went, sir, we picked up your cargo and it's in your room. And he walked in there. It's in a bag. It's like, boom, there you go. They went <laughs> personal shopping for him while he was drinking at the Sublight Lounge. Like, they recognize that you are a immediately, like, you are one of the top-tier guests. And I feel yeah. like I was treated that way. I th- hope you guys all felt 100%. that. Yeah, like, I, I never, there was never a point where I said, I wish they, w- I actually loved how much they made fun of us on uh, Smuggler's Run. Did any yeah. of you guys experience that, too? Mm-hmm. I didn't do Smuggler's, actually. I didn't, I skipped, yeah, I skipped it. Oh, okay, so, like, Nick and I went to Smuggler's. And, you know, we have those pins. So for people who are wondering how they kind of identify you is you have a pin, a Halcyon pin that is, you know, your lightning lane, I think it's what it's, yeah, lightning lane that kind of gets you right to the front of the line. And, oh, I felt like an asshole just walking <laughs> by people. But they, they scan your magic band. And then you also have a pin that lets the cast members know that you're a Halcyon Voyager. So Nick and I go up into Smuggler's Run, which you get a different intro in Smuggler's Run as a Halcyon member. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit different, which was cool. And then the cast members who are playing Smuggler's Run, who are acting as smugglers who are working for Hondo, 
they come in and they're like the equivalent of finding someone who shows up in a Ferrari and is like, hi, I'm here for the drug trade. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Halcyon. Like literally the dude was making fun of us. He's like, oh, you're Halcyon people. He's like, what are you guys doing down here? I'm sorry. Your shoes might get dirty. And we're right. like, well, I'm like, what? Dude, is this guy throwing shade at me? But like, if you think about it in very real, you know, it's like if a pirate is like, dude, we're going to get in trouble and we got a lot of like, you know, first order is going to come and bust us. And then these tourists walk in being They're like, ruin everything. Ooh, ex- yeah. Yeah. An experience. So he's just like bodying us. Like it was incredible. And then we get, I think we scored like 700 or something. Like we, we did fine. We didn't do great. And the door opens and the guy goes, all right, you guys got to get out of here. He goes, oh, 700. He goes, uh, yeah, you, pr-. and he goes, oh wait, you're Halcyon people. Oh, you did so wonderful. You're all just the stars of the galaxy. And we're yeah. like, what dude? <laughs> you're a I mean, dick. Yeah. It's so good. Like just the fact that, that, that you know, that they've been told, like, go ahead and like mess with these people. Like if they want to, if they want to play smuggler, let them know that like they have to earn that role. And I, I, yeah. I love that. I thought that was that great. That pin is great. It, it, it literally everybody like they see it and they're like, Oh, oh whatever. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like going, uh, not to backtrack a little bit, but when you were talking about, um, the people on the ship and like doing everything they can for you, something as simple as like when we were down on Batu, I had a drink for lunch. I was like, man, I really like this drink. And so when I'm sitting in the the canteen upstairs, I'm sitting in the bar, I'm like, Hey, do you guys have this drink? And they're like, no, but, uh, Keely right there used to work in Batu before she got transferred to the ship here and she could make that drink for you. And then sure enough, she made that drink for me. Like she went out of the way. It wasn't on the menu. They didn't have it there. And she just kept making it for me. And like, that was such a cool thing. Cause they didn't have to do that. Like it wasn't something like you could right. go, Nope, pick off this menu or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she made that drink for me. And that was, I was like, Oh, that's, it's just like little tiny things where you're like, Oh, that's really cool. I mean, also I had a well, dark just- saber, so she had to kind of do it, but whatever. <laughs> I was, you're like, listen, girl, don't step. The um, the other part that I thought was really interesting, and and actually Peter Serretta from uh, Slash Film and Ordinary Adventures, who they were invited to the media preview, but they also paid for their first trip, so they got to actually go twice, like literally back to back. Damn. And we had had Peter on with the Dano Channel, and Peter brought up this really interesting concept that a lot of the criticism of Galaxy's Edge was, was that it didn't have the the extra people walking around the, you know, the, the, who, who's working in the market. Who's the, these weird right, people right. that are, are almost uninterested in you. And they just add to that like star Wars level of business that we always see on, you know, markets and all this kind of stuff. And so Peter was like, I wonder if when people go to the Halcyon, they're going to dress up and they're allowed to wear almost pretty much anything out into Batu. And the way that we were all dressed up we 100% added to the experience. We became those people. We we became the background characters of Batu. Dude. And it was it was awesome in that I saw that concept because when he said that I was like, "Wait a minute, that's that's genius." And no kidding, when I was waiting at Docking Bay 7 for you guys, I'm sitting there in my full garb and people have who are listening to the podcast know what like listen, thank the maker and our friends like we went all out, yo. <laughs> yeah. But I was sitting there waiting for you guys to come over to the table. And these two kids were looking at me from across the room. And their dad is like, go talk to him. Go talk to him. Like, he, like, w- pushes me over. So, like, these two kids, like, walk over to me. And they're like, um, do you work here? Because they thought maybe I had, like, a little, like, ooh, I'm going to give them some information. Well, you know, knowing who I am, too, I pull out two, 
little pieces that I made that were like the my smuggler cards that I make for people to display. And I go, I went, I was like, listen, do you guys know what the Millennium Falcon is? And they're like, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, we know exactly what that is. I'm like, listen, I want you guys to hold on to these. In case you run into Chewbacca, show him and let him know that if he needs a co-pilot, both of you guys will be able to, you know, jump on board. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I give him these things because I just had them on me, right? And their dad comes up to me after. He's like, dude, that they're like blown away by that. That's awesome. <laughs> now, of course, policy-wise, if anyone's from Disney listening, I didn't mean to be that person because I like, that's <laughs> the last thing you want to hear. Um, but the guy comes up, he did what with children? Yeah. <laughs> he was doing what? He was giving them things? Oh my gosh. You know, but the, the dad comes up to me after he's like, dude, do you, do you like, do you work here? Like for real, do you work here? And I'm like, no, I'm on the, I'm on the trip. And he's like, like, you, that's insane. Like, do they just let you walk around like that? I'm like, dude, we're on the, we're on the Halcyon, man. Like we're, we're a part of this story. He's like, like you could see him. He looks at me and he's like, is it, is it, is it really worth it? And I looked at him and I go, buddy, would I be sitting here talking to you like I am right now if it wasn't <laughs> worth it? He's like, yes, yes. Okay. All right. And he like, like, I don't know if that dude went and like invested heavy in Tesla after that. Like, I don't know what he did, but like, he was motivated enough to be like, I got to get on that thing because that dude, like, I think we all played a part intentionally or unintentionally as people of the Halcyon to 100%. To the part of Batu. I think it was awesome. When uh, we were at the tower and Adam went to go use the bathroom, Key and I were standing out there and like every person saw me like, can we take pictures with you guys? Yeah. Like they legitimately thought we were part of it. And this one lady came, came up to us and she was like, oh, you guys look so great. Do you work here? And we're like, no. And she goes, you don't work here? And we're like, no. And she <laughs> goes, do you, you really do? don't work here? And I'm like, no. And she goes, oh. <laughs> and she was laughing and walked away. And then she came back and took a photo of us. <laughs> That's amazing. I really hope that Disney, I hope there's there's no like uh, unforeseen consequences of of this kind of interaction because I feel like this is in a way on the level of what the 501st does for Star Wars as a fandom and as a community where it's hard to overstate how much it helped the fandom and, and the universe by not sending cease and desist letters and not creating strict rules 45 years ago and letting it all organically become this giant supporting, uh, I, I don't know how to articulate it, but the cruise goers can fill the holes like you're saying and create those uh, NPCs, I guess, in real life for the park goers. I think it's amazing. Yeah, we definitely changed about two that day. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> It'll all work out until someone ruins it, you know? Until yeah. somebody ruins it. Like a 3 a.m. lightsaber battle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dang it. Did Dang we mention it. that? No. Okay, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> say this and then, then we'll get out of here because I got a long edit ahead of me. Um, Ryan and I, like, we spent a couple hours the night before legitimately lightsaber training in his parents' backyard <laughs> do, doing the whole routine with the different positions and the These number are 40 system. year old men, by the yeah. way, let's just clear the air. Yeah. And, Easy. uh, we were fully in it, ready to in battle and turns out actual lightsaber battling outside of the lightsaber, lightsaber training, actual clashing of sabers, not allowed anymore because during the press preview uh, voyage, there was like a, a 3 a.m. full on lightsaber brawl in the atrium and it got out of hand. Yeah. I don't know if somebody got hit in the mouth, what happened, but they said no more. Those bastards, they ruined it for everyone. The damn press. I literally wanted oh. to just stand in the atrium at 3 a.m. and just wait for a second and then like kind of push the cloak back and just, <laughs> just wait for somebody to come up. 
I like plan on running around that ship fighting every child on there. <laughs> yeah, that's Didn't that, happen. That's the only con in the whole thing amidst a mountain of pros. Whatever. It was amazing. All right, let's wrap it up. If we haven't said it enough, we'll say it again. If you have the money, spend it. Go do it and put everything into it. It will be the best 48 hours of your life. 100%. Find cool people to go with, man. It makes it yeah. so much better. And don't be afraid to meet people and, and really interact with the other guests because I, I know most people that, that we met, they were, they were all kind of like adjacent to, there was a, a, n- a nice Venn diagram of, of different friend groups and we all kind of came together. But there were also a few that I just saw walking around and then hit me up on social media later. And that connection is so cool. It's a, it's a big shared experience that is, at least in my life so far, nothing like anything I've seen or experienced. So Yeah, isn't that what go this for is all about at our age is yeah. things like celebration and the Star Cruiser. It's coming together and having fun, you know, which is why ultimately every like detractor on the internet is just wasting their time. It's like, just yep. let people have fun. Get out of my life. <laughs> all right. Anything to plug? Any shout outs or anything? Austin, you want to, you got stuff coming up. You want to tell people where to find you on the internet? Um, I'm uh, Austin M. Romero on pretty much everything. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Find me. Post random stuff. I might be at Celebration. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Come on over. Bro, we'll you better be. You are. The, uh, you are. We're lo- we locked you in today. Oh, yeah? Is it happening? Yes, sir. Okay. You're on the hook. Well, then it's happening. I'll be there. <laughs> what uh, What is your television schedule if people want to watch you on whatever? Uh, every Monday night, USA Network. 8 p.m. Eastern time to 11 p.m. Lit. Whatever random city I'm in. <laughs> Barry and Gan, tell them where to find you. Uh, I'm at Nick Bayside on Twitter and Instagram. And episode 37 of the Radio Radio Show is out right now. Lots of cool jams. Please come listen. And you can find me at Honda Supply on Instagram. And I've been more active on Twitter lately. I'm really having fun being on Twitter and just being able to get my quips out. Twitter can be fun these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like just throwing random ideas that I'm like, oh, this is an interesting thing that popped in my head. I'm going to put it in 140, however many characters now. I'm old school. I said 140 characters, right? right. <laughs> you texted it with T9 on your flip phone. To That's right. <laughs> I know Kia Brick that. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, and also uh, let's announce it. Thank the maker. We were a little reserved because we had to make sure that we could get tickets for everyone. But as of Tuesday morning, we got celebration tickets. Thank the maker, armor party, Austin yep. Romero, our friends, uh, Princess and Scoundrel are going to be. A, it's going to be a full on Halcyon bash at celebration. Wait, we're having a reunion? Now, Hell yeah. We're having a reunion and throwing, we're throwing an after party. We haven't talked oh, about man. that in a long time, but oh man, because Saturday, we're waiting, yeah. <laughs> we're waiting on this morning to make sure that like everyone could be there. Yeah. So indeed, uh, the, 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 if, if you were following along enough to know that we have a pretty awesome after party that's shaping up, uh, we are full steam, uh, absolutely kyber crystal loaded into the chamber and we are <laughs> lighting the most magnificent saturday night lightsaber you've ever seen so celebration we'll see there we're so excited for that oh my gosh the next thing that we get to be super excited about is going to celebration together and losing our minds so let's go hell yeah 
Nick, where's it going down? Give them some details. So the details, in this isn't for celebration people only. So if you're in Southern California, feel free to buy a ticket when they go on sale. But we're throwing an after party on Saturday, the 28th of May at Chain Reaction. So if you are a punk rocker or an emo kid or a hardcore dude, uh, you know what Chain Reaction is. Uh, so... We're going to have like a Star Wars emo night sort of thing, and uh, we'll try to make it as in-universe as we can. But it'll just be something to do for everyone uh, after a long day of celebration to kind of just chill and have some drinks. To make sure that they're good and hungover for the next day of celebration. There you go. Yeah. Just add some smoky eye to my black Sith stuff. I'll be perfect. (laughs) Costumes are welcome. (laughs) And encouraged. I I said in the chat today, it was like Thursday night is uh, the 501st Bash. We all have tickets to Disney After Dark on Friday, which is at two, And then we have the Think the Maker party on Saturday night. And so I said in Grand Marf Tarkin, on my liver, you may fire when ready. <laughs> and it will be. And so I'm drinking Pedialyte starting tomorrow. Oof. <laughs> Got a pre-dose. All right. If you want to follow me on, on uh, social media, it's at Adam the Skull on all the stuff. We, as a podcast, we're on Instagram and TikTok at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker, Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod is where you can go if you want to support this podcast, get exclusive merch, exclusive content, Discord access, all that good stuff. Please do it. It helps. It pays my minimum wage on my part-time job of being a podcast editor. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Patrons, thanks for hanging out with us, as usual. Austin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Glad to see you um, with my own eyes. No, not my drunk eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the last time I saw you. Yeah, same. Uh, I was dead. Same. It's okay. It was worth it. It was a great trip. Hell yeah. Stories. Some which should not be told. Star Wars and liver wars. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, may the force be with you. Yeah.